Hello, and welcome to On the Turf, hosted by three guys who have never been so, on the... So, uh, Rohan, uh, what, what do you think you're doing? Uh, I'm, I'm just doing the intro, Arjun. I thought he did a good job, Arjun. I kind of like his voice for the intro. Yeah. You, you you like his voice? What what what, that, what does that mean? He's got a good voice. I, I feel like his voice actually might sound better for the intro. I mean, I think I think I I think I have a pretty pretty good voice, Shree. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, sure, but I think Rohan might be better. I mean, I mean, I think it's clear who should be doing the intro going forward now, right, Shree? Yeah. But Shree, this is this is our show. You know, we started on the turf. Rohan came on the turf afterwards. We were the the original on the turf. We were on the turf first. Yeah, but Rohan has a pretty big impact. But I mean, okay, listen. If you two boys are done bickering, I think we should get onto the intro and start this podcast. <clears throat> All right. Hello and welcome to On the Turf, hosted, hosted by host, hosted by three guys who've never been on the turf. <sighs> Just roll the music, dog. So I don't really know what that was. Um, seems Rohan thinks he has some sort of authority on on the show now, despite the fact that again, I'd like to remind everyone that myself, Origin Ryan. And Shree Balamkanda started on the turf, but... Hey, Ron Patel's here, too. Yeah. Well, maybe we can change that. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's get into uh, the Thursday night game that occurred last night, which was the Dallas Cowboys versus the New Orleans Saints. Dallas Cowboys won 27-17. to In my opinion, this didn't really tell us much about the Dallas Cowboys. I think everyone expected them to win. The New Orleans offense and defense is severely depleted with talent across the board being out for the Saints. So I think the Dallas Cowboys did what they were supposed to do, but I think there were some flaws that also came up during the game. Yeah, I mean, I think like you said, uh, we saw a really good game from the Dallas Cowboys defense, I think, you know, um, getting Taysom Hill to throw four interceptions. But to be honest, uh, this is a game that they're supposed to win. This is a game that they did win. Like you said, it doesn't show us much. If anything, um, I saw a bit of a flawed offense. Uh, Dak Prescott was inefficient. He threw a couple interceptions. Um so, yeah, I think the Cowboys, like I said, they, they won this game like they should have, but um, they definitely could improve a lot, especially on the offensive end. Yeah, and not only Dak Prescott. I thought the run game was actually pretty poor initially as well. Uh, they had 20 yards and 11 carries between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard until Pollard broke for a 58-yard touchdown. I think that this Dallas Cowboys offense is obviously what's been taking it forward, and I think that even down the stretch, the thing that's going to be holding it back was its defense, but to see the offense perform like this, I definitely thought it was kind of surprising. Um, I thought the Dallas Cowboys had the expectations going in to win this game. But I think we should also give some credit to the New Orleans defense. They've been a pretty good unit throughout the year. Um, I mean, if you guys remember back to the Tampa Bay game um, almost a month ago now, they beat Tom Brady largely on the back of their defense. They had a game-winning pick six. And players like Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams, who for some reason always gets caught in these big plays despite being a big player, um, a good player outside of it. You guys remember the um, Minnesota Miracle a couple of years ago. He got beat on that big Stefan Diggs touchdown that I'm sure Shree was happy Shree's with. beaming right now. Yeah. I wish you guys could see this. <laughs> Shree, because Shree doesn't have anything else to hold on to besides Diggs, sideline, touchdown. Uh, that's all he has to hold on to despite the fact that Stefan Diggs is gone. But that's neither here nor there. The point is the New Orleans defense is a pretty damn good unit, and I think they did a good job against Dallas. 
Yeah, and to be honest, um, I wish this team still had Jameis Winston um, and Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas back. Um, with all those offensive weapons, I think that they could really be a contender with that good defense. Um, so it's really unfortunate that they've gone through all these injuries. We'll just have to wait till next year. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of really important games. Not just a couple, actually. A lot of important games last week in Week 12, um, a lot of which we spotlighted on the show last week. But let's get into those games uh, that we spotlighted last week on um, on, on the show. And... Uh, First of which, uh, a game that I want to say I'm, I'm happily that I was the one who predicted this result. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers beat the Minnesota Vikings 34-26. to As we talked about, this game was a huge tone setter for both of these teams down the stretch of the season. Um, I mean, you, the San Francisco offense and defense got off to a slow start this year. But after some wins against the Rams and now against the Vikings, they're back in that playoff conversation. I expect them to be very important and a scary team for those NFC contenders. Um, Once they've got that running game going and Jimmy Garoppolo can play some play-action football, they're a dangerous team. And that's what they did to the Vikings. Um, And I thought Kirk Cousins had probably his worst game of the season against them. That Niners defense was just suffocating. And Mike Zimmer's defense couldn't contain the Niners' run game. Do you want to talk a bit more about the Vikings, Shree? I know, I know this must be of, of a lot of importance to you. A little bit of a touchy topic, probably. Oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> hey, you just got to remember they beat the Packers last week, so. <laughs> <laughs> beat the Packers, but lost to the 49ers. What does yeah. that say about this team? I mean, we lost to Cooper Rush, and then we beat the Hawks while they were healthy, so you never know. See, inconsistency is just a name in the game for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you know, some, like Shree said, sometimes they'll come out, um, play really good football, and beat the Packers. Sometimes they'll just drop inexplicable games. Um, this past week, um, you know, they didn't perform terribly. Um, I think losing Dalvin Cook definitely hurt this team a lot. Um, like Arjun said, Kirk Cousins didn't have his best game, but it wasn't bad by any means. He still had um, 238 yards and two touchdowns. Really, I think their main issue was they could not stop this 49ers run game. Uh, Eli Mitchell ran for 133 yards. Debo Samuel, I guess, is a running back now because he ran for 66 yards on six carries and two touchdowns. Um, he only caught one pass, make it make sense. 49ers literally ran all over the Vikings. They had 208 rushing yards overall, and I think that is really the reason that uh, this Vikings team lost on Sunday. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the playoff picture right after we're done here, um, but I think I expect both of these teams to be, despite the Vikings winning, I think they'll both be pretty active in the NFC playoff picture. Yeah, I think overall, like, this Vikings and, like, 49ers game, like, what I take away from it is mainly, like, the Vikings defensive line. The defensive line has been the strength for this defense, and losing Daniil Hunter and having Everson Griffin be inactive for this week, it definitely was kind of hard for the Vikings. And I also thought the coaching coaching was also like a bit too aggressive at times as well. So I think the coaching staff really needs to find a way to like find a medium. But another game that I personally thought was super important this week was the Steelers versus the Bengals. And I know Arjun and I uh, made a prediction as to the Steelers winning, and really... It was just what were you guys on when you made that prediction? I'm I'm really interested because right, you guys uh, made some you guys said some wild stuff last week. Rohan, Rohan, it's still a little bit raw. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. This is this is a tough game for me to talk about. No, no, no. Okay, last week Arjun said two things. He said, "A, call me a prophet because I make such good predictions," and then B, he said the Pittsburgh Steelers won't lose to the Cincinnati Bengals twice in the same year. I don't know about you, but I think Sunday showed a bit of a contradiction there, considering the Steelers got blown out. 41 to 10. Listen, I mean, this offensive line and defensive line on both ends couldn't really get anything going. I think a lot of Steelers fans were very quick to assume that it was Ben Ben Roethlisberger's fault. And even though he does have some kind of blame on him, 
I mean, he didn't really get that time to like sit in the pocket and make those throws, and neither did he have a running game to get going as well. And even on the defensive end, on the defensive line, obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers are missing a lot of important starters, but this Joe, Joe Mixon, he was able to run over the whole defensive line. All right. Well, we like we like to keep the show relatively PG, so I'm not I'm not gonna go into a full tirade about the Pittsburgh Steelers. But make no mistake, this is one of the saddest. This is maybe the saddest showing for the Pittsburgh Steelers I've seen in my lifetime. I've been watching the Steelers for more than a decade now, and we've had some tough losses. A couple of years ago, we were seven two and one. Then we lost to like the two and eight Raiders. Last year, we lost, again, to the Bengals, to Ryan Finley, of all people, when we started the season 11-0. And now, we lose to the Bengals 41-10. And this is really sad for me to say as a Steelers fan, but to me, this game signaled the end of an era. I think the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, I, th- I think that, we're, that time is done. I predicted in my hot take of the week last week that the Steelers are going to win the AFC North. At this point, and I, I don't mean to sound overreactionary to this game, but at this point, I think we'd be lucky if we didn't finish last in the division because the Bengals look like they're ready to play. The Ravens have Lamar Jackson always, and they're always going to be good. And the Browns, I don't know what the hell they're doing with Baker Mayfield. He's one of the weirdest quarterbacks in the league. I don't really know what to think of the Browns. But the Bengals will make the playoffs. The Bengals will do well. Steelers fans, I'm sorry. My man just said that the Browns are going to be better than the Steelers. I think that shows the amount of despair that Arjun has right now for his team. I, I almost feel bad for him, except for the fact that I don't feel bad whatsoever. All right, let's talk about a different game right now. This is enough about the Steelers. Let's move the conversation to another great game that that was between the Indianapolis Colts and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs won 30-31, and I really thought this was interesting from a Buccaneers offensive uh, point of view. I thought that the Colts defensive backs, they were pretty good covering those wide receivers, the many weapons that the Bucs have, but... The fact that the Buccaneers were able to get Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski, it just goes to show that these Buccaneers, no matter what, even if you do contain their wide receivers, they still have so many options to go to. And really, Leonard Fournette balled out. But I really think this is a little too little too late for the Colts. The Colts are a great team. Uh, They just got off to a slow start. They have such a tough schedule coming up against the Patriots. They got the Cardinals. They even got the Raiders thrown in there. At this point, I don't think the Colts are going to make the wild card. They'll have to like hope for some miracles, but we'll just have to wait to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I've been a big Colts supporter this entire year. I thought this would be like their marquee win um, against the Buccaneers, and they came awfully close. Um, I still think that they have a shot at the wild card, but it's definitely going to get a lot tougher from here. But in terms of this game, I just thought that, like you said, the Buccaneers just showed how many weapons they have. You know, Leonard Fournette um, getting four touchdowns on the day, um, and then just pretty much carrying this Buccaneers offense I thought was really interesting. Um, and then the Indianapolis Colts, they had this game in their hands, I thought. Um, but what really took it away is the fact that they turned the ball over five times. Um, you're just not going to win an NFL game if you turn the ball over five times. And outside of that, the fact that they didn't rely on Jonathan Taylor enough, they only gave him 16 carries for 83 yards. Um, he averaged 5.2 yards per carry, but they didn't do anything with that. Um, they played against their strengths, and they played – um, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' strengths by not running the ball, and I think that is what hurt them in the end. Yeah, um, the Bucks certainly look like one of the best teams in the NFC, and Tom Brady's not going anywhere. But I'll tell you one guy who isn't going anywhere, and who it, you guys can make fun of my predictions, but I remember on Rohan's first show five weeks ago, I said that Aaron Rodgers was going to put himself in that MVP conversation. He's not. He is, at, in my opinion, he's at the top of the MVP conversation right now. Aaron Rodgers and the, and the Green Bay Packers 
beat the Los Angeles Rams 36-28. Make no mistake, this game was not that close. The Packers had almost a three-score lead going to the fourth quarter. Offense was amazing. Defense was dominant. A pick six on Matt Stafford for the third straight week from the hero, Rasul Douglas, who you know, made Rohan's day pretty bad about five weeks ago as well. That Packers offense, one of the best in football. That Packers defense is one of the best in football. The only thing that can hold this team back at this point is Mason Crosby. But I don't expect that to be a huge problem because this team is winning by multiple scores. When their offense and defense are clicking, they're amazing. And remember, Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari, and Zadarius Smith are still not back. I'm just getting excited thinking about how well this team is going to do when all their top talent are available. They're my Super Bowl pick right now. You know, it must be nice to be a fan of two teams because when one team is absolute dog water, you can just fall back on your other team. Imagine just being a bandwagon like that. It okay, look, me. look I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say that Rohan's got his AFC team, his unofficial AFC team in the Colts, all right? I like Aaron Rodgers. He's always been my favorite player. I, I'm, I'm going to root for his team, whether it's the Green Bay Packers, whether it's the Denver Broncos next season. I'm just saying, you can't deny that this Packers team is maybe the best since the Super Bowl year. I will admit this Packers team is a very good team. Um, they had a really good showing this week against the against the Rams, who I think um, have really fallen off recently. This should be a Super Bowl contender. Um, they have all the talent, they have all the pieces that they need, but they're not showing it right now. Um, and I think that they will get it back together. But as of now, the Packers are showing that they're one of the best teams in the NFC. Not the best, but they're one of the best. All right, but... Now that we're talking all about the seeding in the NFC, let, and let's talk about the current playoff picture as it stands. So right now we have the Ravens in the AFC at the one seed. We have the Patriots at the two seed, the Titans at the three seed, the Chiefs at the four seed. Those are four division winners. The wild card for the AFC is really interesting because right now we've got the Bengals at the five seed, the Bills at the six seed, and the Chargers at the seven seed. This Bills-Patriots game coming up this weekend is going to be huge to determine because whichever team wins is going to stay in that one seed or, or stay in that two seed or go to the one seed. Uh, similar for the Bengals, who have a big game uh, this weekend as well against the Chargers, who could determine whether one of them stays in that AFC playoff picture. And then the NFC, it's I think it's pretty clear who our division winners are going to be. We've got the Bucks, Packers. Uh, Cardinals. We've got the Cardinals at the top of the conference right now. I will say that that's yeah. going to change. Uh, in the wild card, we've got the Rams at the five seed. The Niners are back in the playoff conversation at the six. And the Washington football team, of all teams, is in the seventh seed. So what do you guys think? How, how do you think this playoff picture is going to shake up uh, going forward? You know, even though the Washington football team is at that seventh seed right now, I really don't think it's sustainable enough for them to like keep that like winning going to the end of the season. I mean, I know the Minnesota Vikings lost against the 49ers last week, but they're still 5-6. and six. They have the exact same record as the Washington football team. And in my opinion, I would trust Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer over who knows, wait, what's his name? Taylor Heineke. Yeah, that's no, him. Don't disrespect him Taylor and, Heineke like that, Sure, You know his name. Well, I mean, listen, listen. I'm just saying that he hasn't been playing the best football. I feel like Kirk Cousins has been playing some great football. And I really think the Vikings, even though they lost to the 49ers, will take that seventh seed. We all thought the Eagles were like having gonna whatever cake schedule that they had were gonna be like a contender for like this wild card but the fact that they had a poor performance i i personally think that the vikings are going to lock down that seventh seed yeah i gotta agree with you on that one um the vikings out of the nfc contenders for that wild card i think they're just the most talented team even if they are without dalvin cook for a while and in the end i'm banking on talent winning out i think that the vikings can lock down that seventh seed um and make the playoffs other than that um i think the for the most part 
this NFC playoff picture will remain about the same, with the Cardinals at the top, the Packers at two, Buccaneers at three, and Cowboys at four. Wait, you think the Buccaneers are going to be at two? Oh, sorry, the Packers at two. And okay, the Buccaneers I just want, at three. just want to make sure. Um, the AFC uh, race, just in general, is just so tight, I think. Um, you know, any team could be a division winner or they could be out of the playoff picture in an instant. You know, when you look at teams like the uh, Chiefs, they're 7-4. and four. They're going on a bit of a winning streak. But, you know, teams like the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos, they're all only one game behind. And things could flip at, uh, you know, at any moment's notice, I think. But for the most part, I think that we will see um, these four teams who are at the top right now um, maintain their divisions, except for the Patriots. I will say except for the Patriots. <laughs> I think the Ravens cannot lock down the, the, the North. The Titans have a, a large lead in their division right now, so they'll lock down the AFC South. The Chiefs, I think, um, can run the table and maybe even get that one seed while winning the AFC West. Um, and the Patriots, I will continue to hate on the Patriots and say that they lose this week to the Bills and that the Bills will reclaim their spot um, as their division winner. All right. I've become the resident Patriots fan on this podcast. And shout out to my boy, Daniel Zhang, because he's a Patriots fan. All our Patriots fans out there, I'm pulling for you guys. Because that Patriots team, they're not losing another game this season. They're going to run the table, and they're going to get that they're one They're losing seat. to the Bills twice. Look, man, I just want to say, that Patriots team, I've been on the hype train since week one of this podcast. And they haven't lost a game since. This Pacers team has everything, and they've got a run game and a punishing defense which can carry you through December and January onto the Lombardi. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Patriots and Tom Brady reuniting in the Super Bowl. Of course, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers there, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happens once again. And boy, what good of a game that would be. Also, let's talk about the fact that the Patriots absolutely dominated the Titans last week. We didn't talk about that much in our past uh, last week, looking at last week, but I think they're a great team and they beat a great team as well. Yo, Rohan, what was your prediction for that game? Titans versus Patriots. Okay, listen, I told you I'm a Patriots hater. The Patriots could be playing the Detroit Lions and I'd still choose them to lose, okay? It's a matter of pride for me at this point. It's not a matter of who's right and who's wrong. Okay, so so Rohan's admitting that he's not putting any logic into this. So There's as no rational Sh- thought behind this. Yeah, so as, as, <laughs> because Shree and I see what the Patriots can do. I think we both agree that the Patriots are winning this division, correct? Yeah, I, I think the Patriots will, will win the division, but I do have the Bills winning this game. Though. All right, I guess we disagree then. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the Bills are the more talented team. I think that that will show in the end eventually. They'll regain their consistency that they had at the beginning of the year. The Patriots do have a punishing defense, but the Bills do too. I know they lost Tredavious White. It's really going to hurt them, but I think this is a talented defense that can bounce back. What I'm really interested in, though, is this um, AFC wildcard race. I think there's a lot of good teams from the Colts to the Browns to the Raiders who all can really contend. Did you just say the Browns? Yeah, I did say the Browns. I don't think that they're going to make it, but they're record-wise, they're right outside um, of, the AFC, of the AFC wildcard. I think in the end it'll be between the Colts, the Raiders, and the Chargers probably um, to lock up those last couple seeds. I think the Bengals um, and the Patriots will get those other two wildcard spots. Yeah, I think this AFC wildcard race is going to be so interesting down the stretch. And mm-hmm. um, I think we're going to get a lot of answers this week, especially with Patriots versus Bills and Bengals versus Cardinals. But Shiri, I know you put a lot of work in your power rankings. Let's hear them for this week. All right, so power rankings-wise, I actually think there's been a transition from like NFC top-heavy to kind of some AFC teams like hopping into that top five conversation. But before that, let's talk about my number 10 team, and that is the LA Rams. I know that the Los Angeles Rams have had pretty bad games for the past two or three weeks. And I know that the Rams 
are going to get it back together. Sean McVay is a great coach. Matt Stafford isn't going to be throwing pick sixes, pick sixes every single game. Now, that's why they're at my number 10 spot. And they're going to show that against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who obviously aren't a great team. And the fact that these Rams have a really good defense, they just have to get it together. And I feel like once that happens, it'll be good. But at number nine, I got the Baltimore Ravens. And honestly, the Ravens could be higher. Even with Lamar Jackson throwing four interceptions, their defense basically carried them through the game. And the fact that their defense was that good, I'm putting the Ravens at number nine, and they could even be higher. And number eight, I got the Cowboys. And the Cowboys, they had a pretty convincing win against the Saints. And, and listen, it wasn't even that their offense was good. Their defense performed really well. And the fact that I know that the Cowboys offense is really good. It's one of the highest pro football focus rated offenses. And once they get that going, they're going to be a really good team. And at number seven, unfortunately, I hate to say this, but I got the Cincinnati Bengals. Listen, this Bengals team has a great defense. They've got one of the best offenses in the league. They've got the best wide receiver trio. No, not the best wide receiver trio. They've got one of the best. And they got Joe Mixon. This Bengals team is so good. I really wouldn't be surprised if they could maybe even take the division from the Ravens. They're only like a game away. Um, and yeah, so I got them at number seven. And number six, I got the Buffalo Bills. Now the Buffalo Bills are one of those teams. It's a roller coaster team, right? You got them losing to the Jaguars, but at the same time, they can beat the Chiefs. And the fact that the Buffalo Bills had a pretty convincing win over the Saints, I think last Thursday, they had a great offense brewing there. I'm going to put them at my number six spot. And yes, at number five, Rohan, you heard this correctly. I had the Patriots above the Bills at number five. I think they're a little low. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Patriots could be higher. It's just that I just need, I mean, I honestly don't need a lot, but I'm just putting them there just because. I believe in number four, the Chiefs, a little bit more. If it comes down to the Chiefs versus the Patriots, I think Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to take down Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. The Chiefs have been on a tear for like the past oh, like five games or whatever, and they've been playing pretty well. The defense is starting to get back together, so I'm putting the Chiefs at number four. And at number three, I'm putting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady didn't necessarily have his wide receivers doing what they needed to do because the Colts defensive backs performed really well. But he did utilize Leonard Fournette, and he did utilize, what is it, Rob Gronkowski. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have pretty easy divisional games coming up. And I really think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now are worse than two teams. And that's because the Cardinals are my number two team. My jaw is on the floor right now. This is ridiculous. Preposterous, one could say. Honestly, I just need to see some Kyler Murray action going on. I don't really have that consistency, and I don't really have that sample size. You don't really know what you're going to get from Kyler Murray even after he got a bye. He's been injured, like, what, for, like, the past... He's missed, like, at least one game for, like, the past, like, however long he's been in the league. I just have to see some, like, this Packers... Like, this Cardinals team come back together. And even though their defense has been performing pretty well, I just need to see Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins come back onto the field, and I need to see the offense coming up. And, listen, as a Vikings fan, it's hard to say this, but the Packers do deserve their recognition. Even though they did lose to the Vikings... Which was pretty like which I was pretty happy about. They did put up a really great performance against the Rams. Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, right now is the MVP front runner. But I really think that the main reason why the Packers are so high for me right now is because of their defense. They don't have Zadarius Smith, they don't have Jair Alexander, and they've got these random nobodies out of nowhere making amazing plays like Russell Douglas. And so yes, those are my power rankings for this week. Okay, um, I think you guys all know what my first issue is, is that the Cardinals are not number one. Um, we have the best record in the NFL. I don't know how many, I say this every single week, and it's the, it's the truth every single week, because we've been the best team in the league every single week this year. Um, best record in the NFL, 
you said you want more from Kyler Murray. How about Colt McCoy? Went two and one in his three games. Um, mind you, without DeAndre Hopkins. Now this week we'll likely get Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins back. They'll both be well rested. They both, hopefully, knock on wood, won't get injured during the rest of the year. Um, you know, considering they got their rest, they got their rehab in. Um, and now we're just rolling through the rest of the year. I think that the Cardinals have shown that we're the best team with our depleted offense and our really, really improved defense. Listen, even with Kyler Murray and even with DeAndre Hopkins, I guess for part of the game, the Packers still beat them. And mind you, the Packers didn't necessarily have those defensive weapons initially. Jair Alexander wasn't there. This Packers defense was still adjusting. Sure, sure. If I might interrupt really quick, let me just remind everyone that the Packers didn't have their wide receiver one, two, or three in the game against the Cardinals, and they still beat them. The Cardinals are are just inferior to the Packers, and that game against them proved that. It was a one Thursday night football game. All right, but I have I have a couple other problems. I think the I think the Patriots are the best team in the AFC right now. I think they should be at that number four spot. Um, I think the Chiefs' offense has. Uh, I I think one thing we haven't talked about the Patriots actually is that. Over this win streak, they've averaged 35 points per game. Chiefs haven't hit that spot in a very long time. I mean, they hit in the Raiders game, but I still feel like that Chiefs offense is not what we're used to seeing. The Patriots offense has been the definition of consistency over the past couple weeks. Same for their defense. I think the rest of the t- of the, the list is pretty good. I think the Rams shouldn't really be on this top 10. I think the San Francisco 49ers are a far better team than the Rams. They beat the Rams, um, and I think the Niners have far more consistency, a better offense and defense than the Rams right now. I think we're all talking about the Rams like they're the team that they're supposed to be, not necessarily the team they are right now. So I think I would take the Rams off the list. Other than that, Shree, I'd say it's a pretty good list. Yeah, I have to say that um, I grudgingly will admit that the Patriots deserve to be in the top five. Um, I do agree with Shree on the fact that the Chiefs, as of now, I think they're a better team. Just talent-wise, I like to look at talent. Um, I think the, the Chiefs have more of those pieces um, to make a deep run in the playoffs. So I do agree with the fact that the Chiefs are probably the best team right now in the AFC. Um, one team that I think you rated a bit low, though, was the Baltimore Ravens. Right now, they have the top seed in the AFC. Um, it's really interesting that you put the Bengals over them. I think that the Ravens have shown that they're a better team. Or they did lose to the Bengals, I guess. But the Ravens' defense has really shown out. They're, they have a better record. Um, I do think that they will win their division. And right now, they're on top of the AFC. Um, a bit a bit of a disrespect to them, I think. I, I think the Ravens are not that good of a team. That may be the Steelers fan of me talking. Lamar threw four interceptions last week. The Bengals beat the Ravens 41-17 to earlier in the season. I think the Bengals are going to win this division, and it might be by more than one game in my opinion. The Ravens have a pretty tough schedule. they got the Rams and the Packers coming up. I think the, the Bengals are going to be a pretty damn good team down the stretch. Listen, yeah, I just want to say, like, the reason why I put the Bengals, despite them having, like, a worse record, it's just because of Lamar, right? I I personally just cannot get over I understand that Lamar is developing as a passer. It's just that there's a little bit of inconsistency there that I'm personally worried about. And I don't really have that issue with Joe Burrow and like what this Bengals offense can do because the Bengals offense also has a running game, like a better running game than what the Ravens do. And that's the reason why I put them there. I guess the Chiefs and Patriots, in my opinion, it's just really close right now. I put the, I just gave the Chiefs the benefit of the doubt just because they've been on a tear. And even though the Patriots have been on a tear as well, I don't know. I would just put my faith on Mahomes. Yeah, I just want to say one thing uh, before we leave the segment. The one coach, one defense that's always given Patrick Mahomes the most grief is Bill Belichick's Patriots. Watch for that when they, I think they'll play in the AFC Championship later this season. Why are you such a big Patriots fan? I what? don't know why. This, is, this feels really weird for me, Rohan. It should. It should. <laughs> this is wrong. Listen. Listen, the Patriots have been playing amazing football, and I actually think that Bill Belichick could be in the Coach of the Year conversation right now, too. 
Oh, like, I think he's for sure the coach of the year. Yeah, I think I think right now he's the coach of the year, and we had like Zach Taylor, we had like ooh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury. Sorry, did, did I hear yeah, Cliff no. Kingsbury? Yeah, we had him in like the mid season, uh, but right now I think it's Bill Belichick for the coach of the year. You can lock that down, and I think Mac Jones has a pretty big chance to win the offensive rookie of the year as well. Well, on the topic of coaches, um, and you know, coach of the year, our next segment is called Hot Seat. We're going to be looking at coaches who haven't been performing as well. So some coaches who um, are on the hot seat for this year um, after the season ends and could be at risk of losing their jobs. So Arjun, do you want to explain what we're doing here? Yeah, okay. So what we're going to do is there's three three kind of levels for whether you're on the hot seat, right? There's boiling, meaning your seat's really hot, meaning it, you could be off your seat in a while. There's warm, meaning your seat's warming up. You may be there at the end of the season. You may not be. And lukewarm, which are the teams that, you know, could be there, but I, I don't Arjun, know. Arjun, Lukewarm. Arjun, what, is, what are you? Just, use, just, just, just say cold, bro. I know. I know you go to Georgetown, but like you don't have to use big vocab here. All right, all right. Let, you, you go to Georgetown too. But <laughs> 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 um, lukewarm seemed like you know the right word in this context. We're not talking. It's not necessarily cold, but it's it's lukewarm. It's it's that happy medium. Yo, yo. Okay, you guys took away the intro. Can I have this one word, please? If you insist. Okay. Uh, thank whatever. you. Lukewarm. But <laughs> let's get to the teams in the AFC. Let's start out in the AFC West. Only one team or one coach, I think, who has been on the hot seat kind of since the beginning of the year, which is Vic Fangio of the 6-5 and five Denver Broncos. Rohan, what do you think? To be honest, um, I think lukewarm. I think Vic Fangio um, has a good chance of keeping his job. The Broncos at 6-5 and five is a really big surprise. I can't tell you how they're winning games, but they are winning, I guess. Um, they got a solid defense. Teddy Two Gloves is a decent quarterback, enough to win enough games. I think that the Broncos can probably maintain some of this down the stretch and with a mid-tier record, and it'll give Fangio another year. You know, I think I have the exact opposite take on this. I think Vic Fangio is boiling. He's scalding right now. I mean, this Broncos team has been the most mediocre for, like, the past six years ever since Peyton Manning had, like, had retired, right? And listen, this team had traded for Teddy Bridgewater, and again, it's a mediocre quarterback. And the problem is that Bridgewater isn't the future of the franchise, but we don't know how much Fangio really had an input in that. It's just that this team, it's just been so mediocre. And listen, this defense is supposed to be like that no-fly zone defense, right? They had like such a hyped-up secondary going into it. Sertan is phenomenal, but come on. Like, you can't pass up on Justin Fields. And I don't know. I I put them, I think Vic Fangio is on boiling right now. All right, well, I guess I'm the happy medium because I think his seat is warm right now. Um, I think that the defense has been it's playing at a top five pace right now, I think. Uh, that Broncos defense is just suffocating. And you saw that what it did to Justin Herbert last week with that pick six. Two picks actually for Pat Sertan, uh, the second. Um, I think Fangio will probably be there next season. But I do say I think the offensive development has just been really disappointing with the amount of weapons the Broncos have. Um, they've got to get a good quarterback in there. Hopefully not Aaron Rodgers, but it might be Aaron Rodgers. Um, They've got to get a veteran in there who can, because I think if they get a good quarterback in there with all those weapons, they're a Super Bowl contender automatically. But another coach who really was in that coach of the year conversation last year, um, out of the AFC is Brian Flores of the five and seven Dolphins. Dolphins are a four game win streak right now, going from one seven to five and seven. Do you guys think that changes the outlook for Brian Flores? Yeah, I think it does. I'd put him at lukewarm, I think. I hate using that word, by the way. I'd put him <laughs> at lukewarm. I think that um, that four-game win streak has really um, helped him. I think the Dolphins will keep that momentum going. 
And by having that momentum going into next season, I think it affords him another year. I do think he actually does deserve another year. Um, he's a really good coach in terms of mo- uh, a player motivator. The defense is coming together. Tua is starting to get into his rhythm again. I think this Dolphins team can contend next year. Listen, I, like Tua Tagovailoa, I think, is going to have the biggest impact on Flores' future. He was Flores' pick in his in like the 2020 draft. And, I mean, kudos to him for working it out with Xavier and Howard um, because, again, he's an all-pro corner, corner. I don't know. I think that right now I would put him in the lukewarm section because, again, they have that momentum going into next season. Um, so let's talk about one rookie coach out of the AFC, which has been talked about a lot, which is Urban Meyer of the 2-9 Jaguars. Obviously, at the beginning of the season, Urban Meyer had a pretty tough go at it. He was caught in a scandal at a Ohio bar while the team was traveling back. He didn't travel back with them. Nevertheless, the Jaguars have only won two games, one against the Bills and one against the Dolphins. I think that seat's pretty warm for Urban Meyer. Despite the fact that the team doesn't have much talent, I think it's going to be tough for him to get a lot of wins. Um, and I just I don't see his impact on the team that much. I think the offensive staff has to be cleaned up. Yeah, I agree. I think that his seat's probably around the warm area at this point. Um, to be honest, I, do, I personally don't think he should be a coach of, the, of an NFL team. Um, he's shown that he doesn't have the capability to do that. Um, I think that the incident at the beginning of the year was a really big tell for what kind of te- what kind of coach he is. And to be honest, I don't know if he'll even be fired. I think that he could honestly just leave the NFL to go back to coaching a college team um, who has a vacancy. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Yeah, well, the Notre Dame got uh, Notre Dame vacancy got uh, obviously uh, filled today. So I'm not sure what openings will be there this season. But look for Urban Meyer to maybe shift this offseason of his own accord. Let's move to the NFC, where there's probably a lot more jobs in question. Pete Carroll of the Seattle Seahawks. Pete Carroll is a Hall of Fame coach, uh, but the Seahawks are 3-8. and eight. The defense has been not that great. The offense hasn't been that great. Shree, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, Carroll will forever be that Seahawks legend, right? But I don't know. I think for now, I would put him in the warm section. Um, I know that, like, he, again, Russ had an injury, um, and that obviously plays a big role. I mean, no matter how good of a coach you are, even in my opinion, I don't think, like, the best of coaches – can like do anything because Russ has had a such a big impact on the Seattle team as a whole. Their offense literally couldn't do anything without Russell Wilson. And even if Pete Carroll, like he as a coach, you can't really get something going when you have the most important player off your off your team. So I think right now I'll put them in the warm section. But again, we'll just have to wait and see. Okay, I, I'm I'm gonna say that I think Pete Carroll's job is boiling right now. I think that Seahawks team has kind of blown up. Uh, the Jamal Allen Adams trade. The Jets seem to have completely won that. Um, it seems that the offense has not doesn't have any rhythm. The offensive line isn't good. Defense isn't that good. They got beat by the Washington football team last week. The Seahawks team looks like it's in for a big change. I, I wouldn't be surprised if both Russ and Pete are both not on the team next year. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. Um, you know, <clears throat> I think that this team is heading for some sort of divorce. But um, I can't say whether the Seahawks will fire Pete Carroll just because of the legacy that he has. But I do think that um, his job is definitely in danger. But another coach um, who I know has been talked about a lot is Matt Nagy of the Chicago Bears. Uh, they're sitting at a four and seven right now. Um, <clears throat> listen, for me, I think his seat should be boiling. Um, Matt Nagy has fell off significantly from his coach of the year season. Um, he mismanages his players. He can't get Justin Fields going a- at all. Um, he had to give up play calling because he was just terrible at it. Um, I think that Matt Nagy, frankly, has. Um, run his term with the Chicago Bears. Yep, I completely agree. That seat's boiling like no other in the NFL. 
Yeah, I, I think Nagy's out of there. Yeah. Um, I think that this next coach is really interesting to talk about. Joe Judge of the 4-7 and seven Giants. So they fired Jason Garrett uh, about two weeks ago now, um, the offensive coordinator uh, for the Giants. That Giants team is kind of underperformed. Their offense is supposed to supposedly stacked with talent, yet they haven't really performed. Daniel Jones has been good in some places, bad in some other places. But you guys think Joe Judge should stay another year for the Giants? Um, listen, I think that Joe Judge, I don't know what to make of him yet. Um, he's a good player motivator, I think, um, but at some point, that's just not enough to be an NFL head coach. He's not necessarily a good play caller. He's not necessarily a good strategist as a coach. Um, and I just don't think that he sh- he, he's capable of leading an NFL team. He might get some slack because the offense has dealt with a lot of injuries, and that might keep him around another year, but I think his, his seat should be boiling. I think the Giants should look to a coach who can maximize their talent because they have a lot of young talent on this team, and... Joe Judge, I don't think, is a coach who can really maximize it for them. Listen, even the owner, John Mara, noted this offseason that everyone is going to be in the hot seat in New York. And listen, I think that the the thing for Joe Judge is that it's what happens in the 2021 NFL draft and whatever they wanted and whatever they want in Daniel Jones. I think that the QB position is probably the most important to this team right now. I think the offense, obviously, with Saquon, and there's a lot of injuries going on. And the fact that he's still like a second-year coach, I think, um, I don't know. You can't just like make something of him yet. So I'm going to put him in the warm section. We're going to save a special one for last just for Shree. But let's move on to the NFC South with the Panthers at 5-6 and six with Matt Rule. Uh, Matt Rule obviously coming from Temple. They gave him a huge contract when he came to Carolina last year. Um, that defense has been greatly improved in their in the first draft he had um, with their uh, g- new general manager. Um, I think that Matt Rule is warm right now. I wouldn't say it's boiling by any means. I think that defense is playing well. They need to get some offensive line pieces, and they need to solve the quarterback position. Sam Darnold nor Cam Newton, despite what Rohan may tell you on episode six, are not the answer. Okay, first of all, um, I will stand by the fact that Cam Newton is an answer. He's a really good quarterback. Uh, <laughs> I, like I used to not like Cam Newton, but I, I don't know why. I've grown to like him a lot now. <laughs> and I just want him to succeed with the Carolina Panthers. But in terms of Matt Rule, I think, like you said, to see it as warm, um, this Panthers team has a lot of talent. Um, they got really good receivers. I think I said this before. They got great receivers. McCaffrey's been hurt, though, at running back, which hurts them a lot. Um, this defense is outstanding. They got tons of talent on the defensive end. Um, but Matt Rule, I think he was hired to be a, offensive, a mainly offensive coach. Um, I think that we could he, – he helped Sam Darnold for the first few weeks, but Darnold fell off after that. I think that um, he's, he, he's done good enough to afford another year, but he really needs to be – this team needs to be a lot better than what it is right now, considering the talent they have. All right, let's move on to the thing I think all of us have been waiting for. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. All right, so I'll, I'll let Shree lead off with this, but Mike Zimmer of the 5-6 and six Vikings. Boiling, warm, or lukewarm? Shree, go ahead. Please tell us. You know, I think every single week is a different answer for this question. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just because of how the Vikings are every single week. But, you know... Zimmer has done a pretty good job of keeping the Vikings somewhat relevant over the past eight seasons, right? He hasn't let the franchise slip below a 7-9 record. And this team is loaded with defense since 2017. I mean, it was loaded with talent since 2017, but it couldn't really make that impact. And that 2017 NFC Championship was definitely a letdown. I think that Zimmer being a defensive-minded coach hasn't really proved that thus far. I mean, this defense... Obviously, there's a lot of injuries. And even though there are, like, I guess you can make excuses, 
if you're a defensive-minded coach, you have to support that. And Zimmer isn't supporting that on a consistent basis. Look, this offense is somewhat good, but I don't know. I'm going to put him in the warm section, but if this season doesn't go well for the rest, like for the rest of the season, I think it might be over. I, I'm going to say, I, I think I'm putting Mike Zimmer in boiling. This team has way too much offensive talent. I mean, Justin Jefferson may be a top five receiver in this league. Adam Thielen is certainly up in the top 15 range. Kirk Cousins, for all you know, the grief we give him, is a pretty good quarterback. I'd say at, at least in the top 12 conversation. When you got a quarterback and talented playmakers, you're expected to do well and you're expected to make the playoffs and make the playoffs consistently. The defense is not bad. They've got talent on the defense. I think the it should be boiling, and I really think the Vikings should look to find offensive mind before Kirk Cousins' contract is expired, before Adam Thielen um, gets too old and and you know uh, starts to regress, because they need to maximize the talent they have with Dalvin Cook with all these play ma- playmakers. I agree with you. I think that, like you said, I don't know if Mike Zimmer is the right coach to maximize this Vikings um, team, but at the same time, this is a Vikings team who is still in the playoff picture. They're a team who, talent-wise, I think will make the playoffs. Um, simply because of their record and the talent they have. And if they make the playoffs, if, they, if they're able to slip in, that could save Mike, Mike Zimmer his job. And whether that's best for the Vikings franchise going forward, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Um, so after talking about all these coaches, it's important to realize that, you know, every season there's about seven to eight coaching vacancies. I don't know if we can find seven to eight really, like, surefire vacancies right now. I think we could see some surprises here from teams that we haven't mentioned. Perhaps, you know, Dan Campbell, if the Lions don't win a game this season. <laughs> or Robert, Robert Sala, who I think his job's pretty safe um, after their win last week. But I think it's going to be really interesting to see because I think we're going to see some vacancies and we're going to see some, the usual amount that we do. But I think it might be in some teams that we don't expect to happen as well. But, yeah, so hopefully these guys will let me have the outro because they, they seem to have taken the intro from me uh, before. But thank you guys uh, for listening. Thank you guys for listening. It means a lot to us. Uh, please be sure to check out on, at on the Tour podcast for our picks of the week, and we'll be posting Fantasy Team of the Week as well uh, before Sunday's games. Well, I'm Arjun Ryan. I'm Ron Patel. And I'm Shreebo Konda. And we'll see you next week on the Tour.